You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now with another edition of the podcast Southern Fried Soccer. I'm in Foxborough, Massachusetts, where Atlanta United won its first MLS game this season in its fifth try with a 2-0 victory over New England here at Gillette Stadium. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Longshore of SoccerDownHere.net and 92.9 FM. A little housekeeping before we get to talk to Jason. Uh, both goals were scored by Ezekiel Barco. Both were assisted by Hector Viaba. Uh, the first goal came in the 29th minute. It was a tap-in after a great run by Viaba after uh, Farrell just kind of gave him the inline. Uh, and the second goal was likely a goal-of-the-week winner. A beautiful curling effort from the right edge of the penalty box into the upper or the left edge of the penalty box into the upper right corner. Most importantly, though, sorry for the noise in the background. Jason, what did you make of the performance tonight? It was a good, strong performance. I mean, you know, it was no surprise that the way New England was going to approach the match. It's, it's how they play. They send numbers forward to press. They, they want to make the match disjointed. They want to make it frantic. And it had all of those elements. But Atlanta United handled the adversity of that, and I thought they handled the adversity of Eric Rometty's injury even better. Um, I was surprised Ezekiel Barco didn't start. Uh, I thought he would be one that could bring some calmness um, on the ball, but it, I do understand the need to get a second holding midfielder in when you're going to play a team that's going to be very direct and, and very vertical. You have to win the second ball, and you want two guys there to do it with Rometty and Lorenowitz. When Rometty went down, I thought it was very impressive that the team didn't lose its head and was able to adjust to that, keep winning the second ball, but look even more dangerous going forward with Barco. Yeah, the uh, we'll talk about Rometty in just a second. Um, when we talked with Frank DeBoer and Leandro Gonzalez-Perez, among others, on Thursday, both said they had a good feeling about this week. There, there was a team discussion after the 2-0 loss to Columbus about expectations and requirements. Um, and DeBoer and Leandro both said they really liked what they saw from the guys in the past two weeks of training camp. So they felt this was coming. It kind of showed tonight 19 shots, eight on target, uh, 16 chances created. I think I saw your, your partner, Mike Conti, tweet mm-hmm. out, um, which was the most this season. Lenny United looked much more like the team we saw the previous two seasons than I think it, in any other game, including the, the win over Herediano. Uh, at any point this season. It was, of course, building off the 30 pretty decent minutes of of play on offense at Columbus two weeks ago. Um, The the fact that Barco didn't start, he didn't start, DeBoer said, because 
they wanted to get Nagby in the 10 roll because they were expecting that New England was going to do its typical formation, but it, it tweaked it tonight and didn't do its typical formation. Um, Pity didn't start because he's still not 100% after his hamstring injury that he mm-hmm. suffered while on international duty, and they didn't want to risk a whole season on one game. Uh, but he to. did get to come in and play, so so that was good. Uh, Rometty's injury, DeBoer said he was he thinks he he described it as a light concussion. Um, I know that some on Twitter have kind of fired back. There's no such thing as a light concussion. I don't think anyone is arguing that or yeah. trying to minimize a concussion. Yeah. As just... soon as Rometty went down again, when the trainer got to him, you immediately saw mm-hmm. him motioning he needs to come out. Um, MLS needs to do more with concussion recognition. I don't know what the teams can do in the moment, particularly with how soccer rules work, to diagnose these types of things, but I'd like to see some steps taken. But please don't think that anyone, at least DeBoer, thought that uh, Rometty was okay or anything. As soon as they realized he wasn't, they took right. him out. Yeah, it's it's a difficult situation. Um, I'm very sensitive to, to concussion protocols and, and issues because I dealt with one that um, that's the reason I wear the hats that I do, and it's uh, the reason that my glasses are a little bit darker. I still have issues with, with bright lights, and especially fluorescent lights, and um, have issues with you know my heart rate getting up to a certain point because I had a very bad concussion. Um, it's something that the league and, honestly, the sport as a whole has to take more seriously. There's just not enough done about this. You can't put this in the hands of, of team personnel because with the substitution rules in the game, substitutions are at a premium in this sport more than any other sport, and it's hard for a manager to risk taking a player out if they're not concussed, and concussion symptoms don't always show up immediately. You know, you can take a hit to the head, and concussion symptoms can show up three, four days later. Uh, and for me, it showed up, you know, almost 16 hours later. Uh, there, there's no blueprint. So there has to be something done for head injuries to be checked out in a better way and not put team personnel in that, that situation. So there's really no way to speculate on how long he'll be out, you know, what it might take for him to come back. There's no way to know because tomorrow could feel very different than today and Monday could feel very different than Sunday. So we have to wait and see. Um, my biggest issue with that situation was that was 15 seconds into the match and if you're not showing a yellow card there things can get out of hand luckily they didn't but that was incredibly reckless from Juan Fernando Caicedo going through the back of Remedi's head yes now having talked about that we're going to transition back into the game because that's what y'all want to hear more about Remedi was taken off and Barco came on Nagby dropped back to a defensive midfielder role that uh, or Lorinowitz dropped back a little bit more Nagby dropped into the role by Rometty. Yeah. Barco came in uh, and and played kind of underneath the in the role that Nagby had. Um, immediately had an impact on the game. It's almost like he didn't have time to think about it. Put a great pass down the right sideline to Gressel, put the cross in. Joseph Martinez whiffed on the on the shot, which doesn't happen too often. Yeah, fluky thing. Yeah, Barco had a lot of influence on the shot, but two other, on the game, but two other players that I thought played well, neither got on the score sheet, but both just really gave New England a handful was Joseph and was Tito. Um, Joseph played so many good passes tonight uh, to guys in space. He his, Both created four chances. Yeah, his pass to Viaba down the left led to Barco's first mm-hmm. goal. Um, he, his, he had a pass to Gressel, uh, had a shot got blocked. He had a pass right. to Viaba who put a shot right at Cody Cropper. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just that kind of night for those guys. 
but DeBoer was full of praise for both players and said the goals are going to come. Yeah. If they keep playing like this, the goals are going to come. So that's another good sign for Atlanta United as it b- prepares to host Dallas next Saturday at Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, the attacking end, I mean, your your front five, um, when you include Nagby in that, when he was able to step forward and join the attack, everyone created more than one chance tonight. So Tito and Joseph with four Nagby created three. Gressel and Barco created two chances. Barco gets the two goals. That's a that's a big night all the way around. Um, the defensive side too is something we need to talk about as well. I thought uh, Breck Shea was outstanding defensively tonight, staying at home for the most part yeah, because that's had, what the game called for. Yep, he and Parkhurst both kind of stayed yep. home for the most part. That's why I kind of thought they probably went with two. Well, I was a little bit surprised they went with two defensive midfielders because Second as the game went, you saw neither Parkhurst nor Shea got forward. Hardly at all. Yeah, didn't really uh, need Parkhurst to too much. did get, get forward uh, in the last minute of the first half and won a, a free kick off of what uh, Sam Steskel said was a classic Parkhurst attacking move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was actually a nice little cutback by yeah. Parkhurst. Uh, Brecce gained possession more than any other player for Atlanta United tonight. That's what the game called for, and, and that's something that I think is a little bit of an adjustment for the fan base as you watch this team in 2019 and going forward. It's not going to look the same week in and week out. Only the lineup's going to look the same week in and week out. And I think you're going to not just adjust to what the opposition you know is going to throw at you and what they how they might hurt you. I think you're going to adjust to how you can hurt the opposition, and you have the depth to do that. Sometimes it's going to be Breck Shea on the left side. Sometimes it's going to be George Bello when he's healthy. Sometimes you're going to see two holding midfielders. Sometimes you're mm-hmm. going to see two attacking midfielders. It's going to be very versatile. It's, it's kind of the way that the modern game is heading, and I think we're going to see a lot of that with this team this going forward. It, it's going to be very flexible, more flexible than we've generally seen. Now, looking at the things that weren't as positive, and this is not a thing that's not as positive, is we have to keep in mind this did come against mm-hmm. a New England team that is probably bottom five. A New England team in, in that, that also went to Columbus last week and and really gave the crew some fits. Uh, the crew yep. didn't you know create a shot from the run of play. Um, a New England team that's very disruptive, and, and that's I think a credit to Atlanta United's quality and their composure tonight in that they didn't allow New England style to take them away from what the game plan was. Even after the injury with Rometty, they were still able to adjust. That is true. Um, so now Atlanta United moves up to five points uh, this season. Uh, it's an interesting schedule coming up after Dallas, um, which I think they could beat Dallas at home. They get to host Colorado, which they should definitely beat mm-hmm. at home. And before you know it, Atlanta United could end up uh, with 11 points uh, from its first seven games. Not the start they would want, but certainly much better uh, than it looked a month ago. Um, all right, we're going to wrap this one up because it was a pretty basic game, a, pr- a pretty professional performance. A, a very good performance. Uh, Jason, what do you all have coming up? Uh, we've got the overreaction Monday. Um, I'll be curious to see what the overreactions are this week. Um, we've had some interesting ones before. This is going to be a little more positive overreaction Monday, I think, uh, over at Soccer Down Here. You can listen on the Soccer Down Here app, which is on Android and iOS. You can listen at SoccerDownHere.net. You can also listen on Spreaker or any other place you get your, your podcasts. And we'll be back in the studio over at 92.9 The Game on Wednesday for stoppage time at 2 o'clock with myself and Mike Conti and Jimmy Vance. 
And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. In addition to the game story, which is up, uh, and this podcast, I'm going to have a sidebar on Barco. I'm probably going to have a sidebar on Joseph and Tito's contributions and maybe something on just the things they need to work on going forward, um, as well as the player ratings. I hope you all have a good night. Atlanta United, 2-0 winners over New England here at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. They improved to 1-2-2 two, and two this season. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.